We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in West Hollywood, California, in the Wondery studio with my sister, Leanne Dolan. Leanne, how are you today? Uh, I had to tear myself away from the U.S. women's hockey game, Liz. <laughs> You're lucky I'm here. You people are lucky I'm here. There's nothing like dawn hockey watching with a fresh cup of coffee. It's the best. It's Ooh, good. It's the best. So, Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. How are you today? Good, good. Well, the early birds got the luge, which you girls, you girls on the West Coast were still sleeping. Uh, we watched the luge this morning with uh, with our coffee. But I want to wish everyone a very happy Mardi Gras, laissez le oh, bon yeah. temps rouler. To everyone in New Orleans and around the world that celebrates Mardi Gras, have a wonderful day. You know, some of my favorite family photos, Julie, are Mm -hmm. all those years you were living in uh, New Orleans, like your dress ups for the parade, the year that like mom and dad were there and dad is dressed up as the Joker. And what was mom? And mom was Catwoman. (laughs) Yes. Uh, they were pretty good. They were, they were pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> yes, my two sons were Batman and Robin, <laughs> and, and our mom was Catwoman. And she was she looked she's pretty hot. She got a lot of beads that day. I just remember you saying when you first moved to New Orleans, like, oh, you you that's when you come to realize that during Mardi Gras season, you just get up every morning and put on a costume. That's just what you do for days on end. People who don't live there think it's just about the Tuesday, but no, 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 no. it's for like two, three. Three weeks. Yes. There's a parade every day, every night. Okay. It's, it's a whole season. Yes. <laughs> so, so enjoy the last of it. And then I guess tomorrow, Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, Liz. Yeah. yeah. That's kind I of know. a dilemma. That's kind of a downer. So we here at Satellite Sisters, we celebrate Galentine's Day. So remember, that's the holiday started by Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec. <laughs> you just, like, it never gets old. Nope. Galentine's Day. So in case you have forgotten the key Valentine, uh, key Galentine's Day greetings, they are hoes before bros. <laughs> Ovaries before broveries. And my favorite, uteruses before deuteruses. <laughs> so happy Valentine's Day to all. <laughs> all right. We're the Satellite Sisters. If you're just tuning in for the first time and you don't know what we're talking about. This ta- is what we and do. This is, <laughs> and that last five minutes was perplexing to you. You're going to want to go to SatelliteSisters.com. We're three of the five Dolan sisters. We're real sisters. We live all over the place and we've been doing this podcast for a while. We really cover it all. News, talk, laughs, and a lot of Olympics today. So I'm Leanne. And here's what's coming up on the show. We are going to talk about the Olympics. Julie has an international news roundup because God forbid we not we not cover the actual yes, news. It's so, important. All right, Julie. Fine. Gonna right. tell us. We're about- gonna do that. We're gonna do that. I have some insights that I don't even you sisters uh, have not heard. So uh, okay. I think you'll enjoy it. Good. All right. Uh, also gonna tell you about an organization you can join. Dr. Susan Love's Army of Women. So I saw Dr. Susan Love on Friday at a oh, fantastic nice. conference. She was a guest several times on Satellite Sisters. Julie, I was at your old stomping ground at UCLA, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of that. But I think she she did an incredible keynote at this conference, and then she wants to sign up women for scientific studies. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell oh, you, good. yeah, that's her mission now. So I'm gonna tell you all about that. Um, you know, at the Satellite Sisters email, um, and we're not gonna give it out because we don't really want people to email <laughs> us, but um, <laughs> just because there's no one to answer. The email. <laughs> there's no one. It just, it just we do read it. We read it. We don't respond to it. Um, just go to the Facebook page if you want to communicate with us. But um, So we get pitches in every day, dozens and dozens of pitches from well-meaning PR people. And this week, Liz and I are featuring good pitch, bad pitch. Yes. So uh, we have that coming up later. But then really the biggest news of the day, Liz, you're bringing it today. I have dog news, sisters. Now, I did tease this a little bit. If you're not a member of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, you're actually missing a lot. You get advance warning of things. You get follow-up on things. You get to post things that you want to share with the sisterhood. So, yeah, I have a I have a major dog announcement to make at the end of the show, Leanne. Very exciting. Happening today in today, my life. Right. Today. today. Like, I'm okay. running out at the end of the show well, you'll find out later what I'm running out to do. We're okay. going to hear all we about it. We have to talk fast because Liz has an appointment, apparently. Yeah. But not too fast, Liz. Don't talk too fast. No. All right. Uh, so let's talk about the Olympics. Is everyone enjoying it so far? Immensely. Yeah. Just. Love it. 
Yeah, could I mean, not be it's better. Such it is like such is such, you can go to a different place. It is a safe place on TV <laughs> or on the, on the internet, right? It's, yes, it's safe, isn't it? It's, it's wonderful. A, it's a relief. All right, so I, I just put together a list of eight truths about Pyeongchang. But if you're wanted, well, if, if you're, you're hardcore, want, if you're a hardcore TV watcher, an Olympic fan, and sports fan, you're gonna want to actually go to the Facebook to go, Facebook Daily because I am posting daily every day my random thoughts about the olympics i've done this for i think four olympics yeah now. yeah many uh, many years right it's like me and katie kirk we're the face of the olympics really <laughs> and um you are. You are. yeah so every day i'm watching as much coverage as i can things are popping into my head and i'm writing it down yes i'm posting those two places you can definitely catch them leon dolan author page leon dolan author page not my personal page but my author page and then also i repost at the facebook Satellite group. Sisters Facebook group. So And you don't have to watch the Olympics to read Leon's random notes. No. I mean the random notes are 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 you know quite the summary. So uh, <laughs> you'll really be in the know if you watch uh, if you read Leon's notes. Thank you Julie. I appreciate oh, well, that. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. So here are just some bigger thoughts okay. as opposed to this These are eight things thoughts. we eight need things, to yeah. eight things. First of all, Korea is a snowy winter wonderland. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I mean, I knew it was cold because one of my very good friends is Korean-American. And so when we go to this Korean day spa and we lie on the hot floor, she told me all my relatives in Korea have these hot floors because it's so cold in Korea that at night after dinner, everyone lies on their hot floor and watches TV. Yeah. So, that, <laughs> so but how beautiful is it to see mm-hmm. these shots? It's a snowy winter wonderland because yes. last year time we had the winter olympics in a summer resort yeah in a beach resort it's so called sochi yeah and next time we're having it in china where yeah. there again no snow so uh but korea is a genuine winter wonderland with beautiful shots too mountainous yeah everything's snowing it looks beautiful it looks very cold very 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 cold but it's the winter game it's winter exactly and uh yeah just and as the as the slope style gold medal winner said you know it's winter sports we expect there to be snow and wind like this is <laughs> this is it where i know the sports been, guys have some trouble with in that the snow and the wind you know for years for years right it right. doesn't, it doesn't phase yeah. them at all it does right? not it does not phase them it's not so korea Check. Snowy winter wonderland. All right. Two, second observation. It's not that we're getting older. It's that the athletes are getting younger, right? (laughs) (laughs) They are so young. Well, especially the snowboarding, which was there was a lot of snowboarding last night and over the weekend. 15, 16, 17. You gotta love that. But remember, Tara Lipinski was 15. I, I know, but they Maybe just- Maybe we are getting older. We are getting older. <laughs> a little bit older. But let's talk about those wonderful 17-year-old snowboarders. Our man Red, of course. Red. I mean, he, if you have a 17-year-old son. <laughs> That you have he's a, a classic. He's a classic, right, Leah? I mean, he every was- mother of seventeen-year-old boys like get understood everything about Red, right? Yeah. Oh, he, he lost his jacket. He had to borrow one before the games at the at the medal ceremony. It was like Red, pay attention. Put your hand over your heart. Get it together up there, Red. <laughs> <laughs> I like I read that on his website he has a simple mission statement posted and here's Red's mission statement which I may adopt for 2018 instead of my instead of my annual theme. Red's mission statement is always in search of the funnest ways to shred. <laughs> you can see he lives that life. Yes. Living that every day. Yes. I mean, and it's not just, he's 17, but like they're all under 21 now. You know, none of them are grownups except Sean White. So uh, these athletes are getting younger, but they're wonderful. All right. uh, Third truth. The headwear game is just strong on the athletes, on the fans. I feel like the broadcasters need to get in the game because yeah. they're not wearing any headwear because, oh, our hair. They get, care about their hair too much. Get in the game, man. Mm-hmm. Get, I mean, that Chloe Kim hat. Yes. Oh, I want Adorable. that. I mean, it looks terrible on me, but I love that hat. <laughs> and they adorable. all have those cute long braids and long hair. Yes. They look adorable. It's adorable. totally great. I saw one of the knitters at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. She's got the pattern. She's going to knit up that hat. She's nice. on it. Yeah. It's, and then, it's the new it. pussy hat. Yeah. And then you go <laughs> and out. And then braid your hair. That's yeah. what you one of those like messy braids yes. that looks awesome. <laughs> With this, the two things perfectly pulled through your goggles. I mean, how does she do that? My hair's never looked like that on the ski slope. Ever. I know. 
I don't understand. But then the fans, like you go to the luge fans, I mean, they are fully decked out with the headwear. They're committed to this. So I just, the only people wearing hats are the the ski commentators, yeah. Bodie Miller and everything, because he's a skier. And like, yeah, it's freezing. Put some hats on. I feel like my mother, you know? Remember our mother used to say, just yes. put a hat on. Yeah, you 90% of your body. You, just, yeah. you don't put a hat on. Yes. All right. To that effect, uh, truth number four, the winter fans are hardy. They are mm-hmm. not sports tourists. They are sports fanatics. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. they didn't just wander through Korea and think, oh, this looks fun. Let's go to that. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Not, not like watching a swimming event or track no, and field no. or something. Or, or even a, like a, a baseball match. game. Right. Like you might, oh, let's go to New York. Let's go to a Yankees game. That is not what's happening here. Well, remember when we went to the Lake Placid Olympics, Leanne? We drove up to Lake Placid in the middle of a storm. But then when we got there, we decided we would go to the women's downhill. So we go there, and because we were fans, yeah. you know, not tourists. And everyone on the bus had ski poles with them. And we were like, I wonder what's that about, what that's about. Yeah. And then we got there, and we realized, oh, it's because you have to climb up the side of the mountain <laughs> to stand along the course <laughs> so the skiers can come by in a nanosecond, and you have no idea who they are. Yeah. So now we're ready for, like, future outdoor events yeah. like that. But it, it does... It It takes a commitment to stand on those ski hills and watch things happen. And it's the same thing like over at the at the ski jump. There there are like ten fans there because it's one a.m. when they're jumping, but (laughs) they are committed fans because it is freezing, and there they (laughs) are. So good for them. All right, uh, fifth truth: it takes all kinds behind the mic. From Johnny to Johnny to Bodie, like they're the commentary is Tara, good. Johnny, I know they're. It's all good. Like I love Johnny Weird. He, I, I think mm-hmm. he's hilarious. I'm glad we have him. Who's the opposite of that? Bodie Miller. Bodie he's Miller. like the Walter Cronkite. You yes. know, I love Bodie Miller. He's, I'm learning so much about like technically about the downhill yeah. racer. I think he's excellent. He's I fantastic. He, I had no idea he had a brain. Lee. Yeah, I, I know. Had, and he's really so thoughtful uh, and detailed with his analysis yes i agree so it just takes like it just embrace it enjoy it it's great that they're all different kinds behind the microphone and then we have johnny mosley who is like the rowdy gains of winter you know (laughs) just so enthusiastic happy to be there just get caught up you can't not enjoy the moguls even though your knees (laughs) hurt watching i know i watch and i'm like ouch 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 as they come down the hill (laughs) all right uh here we go korea Gold medal for mascots, stuffed animals, and metal girl outfits. Yes. Oh, I mean, this I, is what Korea does best. <laughs> you know, they get the stuffed they animals. nailed it, Lynn. I agree. And they're not complaining about the cold. No. At all. No. Uh-huh. It's, I think, important to note, too, no one is complaining about anything. Everything is working. Yes. Nothing right. about the venues not being right. There no, are no toilets no overflowing. security issues. Yes. The yeah. athletes' village. We haven't heard one thing. That's right, Lee. And I, that didn't dawn on me. Yes. So not only have they provided adorable mascots, <laughs> you know, yeah. that are everywhere mm-hmm. and enjoying themselves every, outside, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. We got the stuffed animal game. Very great. On the, I love that. On that they get those stuffed animals. I know people were concerned in the Facebook group that they were getting stuffed animals instead of medals. No, no. So they're getting the medals no, later in the day. Ni- very nice medals too this, yes. this uh, time around. Yep. And then the metal girl outfits. Have you seen those? The red I coats love those. and I, the white I'm hats. Sure I, I wanted an outfit like that when I was little. A red coat with the puffy white furry. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. great. It's great. They look great. And then, all right, uh, seventh truth. They are all somebody's kids. Mm-hmm. I love that. The I families, know. it's fantastic. Again, not easy to get to Korea, you know, right. and not a popular place to go for the last year. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, that sounds like a terrible idea, taking your whole family to the Korean peninsula. But they are there and they are cheering. And it's so fantastic to see the moms and dads. I, I love it. And it's, all the families, the yes. siblings. It's great. Oh my God, that's the great thing about Red, that he has all of the siblings there. And <laughs> yeah, they're all like drinking beer. Yeah. At eight, they're like at 8.30 in the morning. But they have that's strong signage, yeah. Julie. So they've done the advanced prep. The that big allows heads. Them. People yes, the big heads. the big heads. I like the hats that say mom on it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. great. How about the laminated sign? I know. I love, love that. They're all somebody's kids. So it's great. Okay. Yeah. And then the last truth. I mean, normally. 
Norway rules. Oh, who's kidding who? Yeah. Why every time? I mean, what is it? They, They're going to win more medals than everyone. Go ahead. It's just go ahead and win. You know. Okay. So I looked up some facts about Norway. There are only five million people in Norway. Uh-huh. So I feel five million, and they have far and away the most winter medals of any country. Uh, Ever. Collectively, ever. They have over 329 medals. So that was before this games. They already wow. have 11. Yeah, I know, Liz. Five, that's like a medal for every five people. I mean, I don't know how to do math, but almost everyone in Norway that's has a medal. That's why we want them all to emigrate here, Liam, the, the Norwegians. Maybe that's, that's why we picked them. That's true. You know, I, it's funny you say that, Liam, because watching some of the cross-country events and the biathlon events, I was like, if I really wanted to get better at uh, cross-country skiing, I would go to Norway. Mm-hmm. I just move there, and they they must have great coaches up there too. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just everything. Like you see the attacking Vikings, their ski team—that's what they call themselves—and yep. they just decided in the '90s, why do the Austrians keep beating us? And they just fully committed to the team thing. Like they eat together, they sleep together, they train together, they push together. I guess there's nothing else to do in Norway, <laughs> so I get that. Like they're not distracted oh. by. Uh, anything? The car, we have the Kardashians. That <laughs> right. takes up a lot of time. That's true, it Julie. It does. And so, but they are ski flying, they're curling, they're sliding. I mean, so just give it up for the Norwegians. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. for you, Norway. Because it is, right. it's great. So there you go. I Those are my eight truths about Pyeongchang. But every day I'm posting daily at the Leanne Dolan author page and at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. You guys oh, got anything else? Well, yeah. Monica and I were texting back and forth. This is a, a sister, again, for those of you who are new, our sister Monica lives in Portland, Oregon. We were both feeling like maybe the team figure skating should happen before the games begin. <laughs> and then, you know, as like a warm up for everybody, yeah. you can have that team event. And then then let's start on the individual competition. It does, it seemed to both of us that maybe people weren't quite ready or, you know, that it was just a lot of skating before what we consider to be the main event, which is more of the individual yeah. event. Oh, it kind of I, grew on me, I have to say. I thought it yeah. was a little cheesy, but by the last night, Again, the live coverage really makes a difference in sports. It's very exciting. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice. It's more medals. So you know those figure skaters work so hard. So Mm -hmm. you know people. You know more people are getting medals, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. I, I I think. I mean, more I know Canadians. That I know more Canadians are getting medals. <laughs> well, we got some bronze medals. We did. I feel we that did. was good. Yeah. I mean, that, some of our skaters, that may be the only medal they'll get. So that's a very good thing. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Well, we my, had we had that nice conversation. Go ahead, Joel. Go ahead, my big thing about the Olympics is just how insanely dangerous everything seems to me all the snowboarding <laughs> the downhill i mean they are just they are going at such high speeds and they're flying you know they're flying 120 feet over jumps and things like that it, i just keep saying it's insane what they're doing but it is amazing to watch on tv that's for sure mm-hmm. well let me just ask both of you this would you ever in a million years have allowed one of our brothers to skate around holding you over their head. <laughs> like, did we ever establish that level of trust where that would have ever... We have three brothers. Besides the five girls, there are three boys. And let me just speak on behalf of all of us. No way. Ice yeah. dancing nope. with our brothers? No. That's not happening. That's true. No. Just they touching. Are, are I wouldn't even touch our brothers. Wonderful men, but yes. no. I would never have trusted them. That so was, those I are ships near me. I just didn't want them to touch me. Yeah. Just leave me alone. They used to hip check us into the wall, just like walking by us, just because they were hockey players. And th- so, no, they I wouldn't sh- go. I wouldn't go up and down the stairs if Dick was on stage. That was it. Because I knew something bad was going to happen. So go ship sibs. That's what, all I have to say. Well, it is exciting. It's exciting to watch. I think the coverage has been really great. It has know, been. Yeah. I love Mike Tirico. I think he's doing a fantastic job. And Me you, too. Me if, too. If you just stay away from the Today Show, then you're going to be good. <laughs> so that's that's my that's my recommendation. All right. But every day over there on the Facebook group page, it's happening. Lots of Olympic 
conversations. If you want to rehash all of the figure skating scoring, there's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the place to do it over there. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Julie's going to give us her international news roundup. And then I have uh, some, some medical news from Dr. Susan Love I want to share with you all. So stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. And we're back. Okay, Julie, uh, your patented international news roundup. Is it Olympic-related this week, I'm guessing? There are some Olympic stories, so let's just get started. And, of course, we're going to start with North Korea. I have three things to say about North Korea on unification, on the sister, Kim Jong-un, and the cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. Okay, first of all, as you know, it's been, you know, all over the Olympics – the unified South Korean, North Korean hockey teams, they march together at the opening ceremonies. But without, I mean, as, you know, sisters, you know that I went to North Korea um, in 2010. And when I visited there, there were signs, big billboards all over North Korea um, touting unification, that the Kim regime believed in unification. They wanted to bring peace and harmony to the Korean peninsula. And I was so surprised about that because I just assumed that the North and the South were kind of, you know, we have the uh, demilitar- DMZ zone. So I assumed that they, you know, there were very hostile relations. But according to the North Koreans, they want to be unified with the South. That was that was part of the Kim regime. And the reason why they want to be unified with the South, of course, they want to be unified under, you know, uh, Kim, Kim Jong-il. Under their government. Yeah, yeah, with their guy. They don't want they don't want a democratically elected modern uh, society like what they have in South Korea right now. No, they want they want the whole peninsula unified under the Kim regime. Okay, so that's a different version of unification than I think we're hearing. I'm now I, I'm certainly for world peace, but I was a little skeptical with the with the unification piece. The other part of it, what we were told by our tour guides, this is the official line in North Korea, that the reason unification was so important is because the Kim regime believes that the Koreans are the superior race and that the North Koreans are the purest of the Koreans. Obviously, the Koreans living in uh, South Korea have been corrupted by the West and by the U.S. And really what is best for the Korean race is this unification. Okay, that's a little scary. I know, and we—I haven't heard anyone say that, but I think that's that's exactly what we were told about why they felt so strongly about unification. So, uh, it just—I I just pass that on. Okay, just okay. That's just just Noted. an insight that unless you'd been to the country, you might not have seen it. Now, I, I the sister Kim is getting a lot of attention, but what I really focused on was that sort of sneer that she has <laughs> that she has mastered. You yes. know, and the seating arrangement, uh, somebody, there was a big fail there that we had the vice president Pence sitting below the sneering Kim Jong-un, you know, <laughs> I mean, how that was bad. That looked bad. That was bad. And do you see how her nose was kind of crinkled up? <laughs> Another thing that had came out when we were on tour in North Korea is that North Koreans think Americans stink. That we literally stink because we're butter eaters. In fact, they have a derogatory <laughs> okay. term. You know, now, you're making, now you're making this up. No, I'm not. It's just not even true. How is that possible? They, they believe that's they have some term, you stinky butter eaters. That's what they say about Americans. So. I am not making that up, Leanne. Again, you're only hearing it on this Satellite Sister podcast, and only if you went to North Korea would they have told you about the stinky butter eaters, and that's why they, they, she was literally cringing in her seat, I think because they perfected that, because they think Westerners smell, because we eat so much butter. Okay, Okay, that's a good working theory. That's good. Okay. Sure. The other thing I felt when she was sitting there, uh, above um, uh, Vice President Pence, I thought she might stab him. I was so <laughs> worried that she was going to pull out a knife or take some poison and rub it all over his face. I just thought, get away from that woman. I mean, wasn't the last murder that they perpetrated like was spraying someone in a face in the face with poison? Right? There yes, was that, that happened that in she, some airport. That yeah, her, you know her, that her brother-in-law, her stepbrother, was killed. Yeah, they yeah. sprayed him in the face with poison. Okay, right. and you know, again, I 
have been very, very nervous the whole time because, Liz, you remember the, and Leanne, you remember the um, Australian, Sydney Olympics, the North Koreans were supposed to come and there was going to be this, there was all this discussion with the South Koreans, they were going to do the unified thing, uh, again, because that the Kims really wanted, you know, a unified Korea, but at the last minute, um, you know, all negotiations broke down. Well, shortly after the uh, Australia, the Sydney Olympics, the North Koreans shot down a South Korean airline passenger jet. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? That yes. was the retalia- yes. retaliation. So I'm on pins and needles about this whole Olympics. I like I'm not feeling good about the reunification or about her being there. I'm not feeling any of the warmth. I, I I'm like I'm very nervous. Something something there's going to be some kind of retaliation. So okay, wow. The, the third thing, those cheerleaders. Okay. I, I told you when I visited North Korea that nobody has a job there, you know, and they don't, you know, all they do is march around. So yes, they're very synchronized, those <laughs> cheerleaders, but yes. I really view them as hostages. Okay. They're beautiful hostages doing this synchronized cheering, but, but I, I mean, I agree. To yes, that. me too. Yeah. They're okay. not, I, sure. I agree. They, have, they are there under duress. Right. They, yes, yes exactly. Yeah, right. I mean, in 2010 at the World Cup or at the last World Cup, they had cheerleaders, some of whom sort of acted up or did stuff. Well, they're in uh, the report is they're in work camps now. Yeah. So I, I, you know, so that's that's what I have to say. Those are my three points Mm -hmm. about North Korea. Okay. well, you've certainly Uh, sucked the fun out of the Olympics (laughs) for all of us. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay i just wanted to dangerous. focus do on the mascot that woman. whatever you do leanne okay? okay okay i think your you know your olympic notes are going to take you far but if you end up at some olympic event to get away from her okay yeah. that's what i have to say okay russia they are not the least bit sorry, are they? No, they, no, no. They were supposed to be banned from this Olympics. They were not supposed to be participating because they're big, fat cheaters, okay? <laughs> and that they're not the least bit sorry. I mean, and some of their athletes, you're seeing the fans. They're wearing, you know, they've got Russian flags. They're wearing the Russian colors, you know, mm-hmm. and you know they're going to, they're, you know they're going to win a number of gold medals. We might as well give the gold and silver figure skating medals to those two Russian skaters. What do you think? Unless they murder each other, which I believe could happen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, they're fantastic. And you know what? I don't hold clean Russian athletes responsible for, you know, what the Russian government perpetrated uh, four years ago in Sochi. So I think, and I understand now that there are quite a few athletes on the IOC. So I understand where they're coming from that because they're still mad about the 80s boycott, you know, some of the IOC Mm -hmm. members. So they feel like athletes have a right, uh, you know, to go if they're clean. But yeah. But who's kidding who? It's still a Russian team. It's still a Russian team. Yeah. I, I, as, as Johnny Weir said, can we just call it Russia, please? That's yeah. what he said. Okay. And I'm with him. Just call it Russia. But I think the big winner of this Olympics is going to be Putin because you see all these gold medal winners, Russian winners, and all the medalists, they're going to go back to Moscow. They're going to be there with Putin. They're going to have their picture taken in the presidential palace. And in the meantime, the Russians are supposed to be behind the cyber attack that happened on the opening the night of the opening ceremonies uh, you're you know, just killing Bale this was, you're killing this for us. again you're just killing this for us aren't you <laughs> okay all right i just but they're just i have to speak the truth now let me just leon you just mentioned south korea i think they are doing a great job they are doing a great I job totally fantastic agree with you and they are just pretending it's not cold yes they've got the robots they've got the drones just as you said Everything is working. They are having an awesome time. So, uh, so I think those, th- you know, they are a big winner of this Olympics. If, <laughs> if North Korea, okay, but we've already covered that. All right, let's yes. let's move on to some of the other con- countries I want to mention. Just hey, Great Britain fairy tale wedding May nineteenth. Other breaking <laughs> news this week. Okay, is now we know the time of the wedding. Okay, so it's going to be twelve noon UK time, oh. which is seven a.m. Eastern time. Ooh, it's going to be a little early out there for you sisters. Four a.m. Okay, 
but mm-hmm. that's for the actual ceremony at St. George's Chapel. But then just fabulous news. They're going to be in a horse carriage and they're going to ride through the town of Windsor and that starts at 8 a.m. So I think you could do it. Mm-hmm. I think you can set your alarms and at least get up for the carriage per- procession because then you get a good look at the dress and them. And I think that is going to be wonderful. Okay. Can no I just question. ask, are royal weddings like sporting events where they're 100% better live or can I just <laughs> can I just record this and watch it when I wake up? Does it really make a fun fundamental difference no. when it's a wedding right? just stay off of twitter yes. so it's can so okay. it can feel fresh okay yeah thank you yeah yep. okay and then i also want to mention for liz you know i know one of the things that you have talked about is that you are you're really interested in other planets but you're not but you don't ha- you don't want to go visit these other planets because of rocket ships okay yes. because you don't want to <laughs> because do, it takes a super do- long time to get there in a very 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 small craft right Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Liz, I have a country for you then, the country of Oman, or, which mm-hmm. I've actually visited, and if you've listened to this podcast, go way deep in our archives, you will hear me say that I visited Oman, and it looks like a lunar landscape. Well, Liz, NASA didn't think it looked like the moon, actually, NASA thought it looked like Mars. So right now they have 200 scientists from 25 nations, okay, and they are pretending that the country of Oman, <laughs> down in the desert on the border of Yemen and Saudi Arabia, that they're pretending that that is Mars. And wow. they they are just testing all their their little um their their robots and they're uh they're testing, you know, like how to grow robots. food, things like that. Like how well, could, they could sustain life? That. They're working more on geomorphology, which I don't really know what that is. <laughs> so no follow-up questions on that. But they said that the structures, the salt domes, the riverbeds, it really parallels what Mars looks like. They're That's testing their suits. They're, you know, everything. Um, so... Liz, I just nice. thought okay. this would be ideal for you. Uh, you want a trip to Mars? Why don't you go to the country of Oman? All right. Adding it to my list. I need okay. a few things on the bucket list, Julie. So there you go. Okay, see, Leon, I could end on a happy note. Way to go, Joel. That. Way to go. All right, you brought it on home there. Thank you, Julie. All right, well, just down the street, last Friday I was at a conference at UCLA Anderson School of Business. Julie, you used to work there. It's yes, explain to people what you did there. Um, I was director of admissions for the executive and fully employed MBA programs. So that's for the executive programs and the weekend programs. And so I did all the admissions for that and worked with incoming and current students. Yep. So that's a fantastic business school recognized around the world, Anderson School. So they've been putting on this conference for six years for the women there. And one of my friends is an alum. uh, So she invited us. And that business school, Anderson is run by a woman, Dr. Julie Oleon. So Judy on. And so she puts on this great conference and it's all UCLA Anderson School alums at the conference, but they're all also powerhouses in their own industry. So there's a full day of programming. And the keynote in the morning was Dr. Susan Love, the famous breast cancer doctor. She was also a guest on Satellite Sisters. But Julie, when they put up her specs, it said Dr. Susan Love, Anderson, 1998. I was like, didn't you recruit her to go yes, to? Yes, yes. Well, I, 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 I think she was. She knew of the Anderson School of yeah. Business. She was a medical doctor. Yeah, she was. This was, and this was pretty unusual. Uh, not a lot of medical doctors had done that. Had decided they wanted to go back and get a business degree because they were managing, you know, large healthcare systems, large scientific projects, and they wanted those management skills. So she was. Uh, she was one of our executive MBA students and a real dynamo, just a terrific student and and a great alum uh, of Anderson. Yeah, so it was really fun. The theme was resilient. So the speakers were all kind of talking about tough times in their lives. But it happened to be Susan Love's 70th birthday. She's wow. 70 years old. She looks fantastic. Wasn't she really sick a few years yes, ago? Yes, Liz. I was surprised to even hear that she was out doing speeches, I, but I can't remember she had the leukemia. circumstances. She right, was really, right. really sick. She uh, had... She she, she was diagnosed with leukemia five years ago, and that was sort of the whole theory of her. That was the whole f- 
focus of her speech was like, you know, for 40 years, she had been a cancer researcher and surgeon. She's a surgeon, but she runs a lot mm-hmm. of research projects. And um, but when she was a cancer patient, it completely changed the focus of her research. Mm-hmm. So she told her life story. She was uh, she's one of seven kids. The family moved around a bit. She went to high school in Mexico where she said it was really easy to get ether. So I could just operate on a lot of frogs there without any. <laughs> Anyone okay. bugging me? Then she went off to Fordham, where she thought she was going to become a nun. She said really? so much so that her junior mm-hmm. year, she wore a habit the entire year, which is crazy. Wow. That's and unusual. She decided it was not for her, so she decided to apply to medical school, but that was before Title IX, it was like 1970, right. when they just had quotas for women at medical mm-hmm. and law schools, and like 5 to 10%. So she managed to get herself into a medical school, but she said that's really the big change with Title IX. I know people think it's sports-focused. Exactly. But right away, what you saw was the quotas disappear in medical and law schools. Because it's equal schools. access across the board, right. Title IX. Mm-hmm. And so and so and then she said then she got a residency in surgery, very, very hard to get. It was like kind of mm-hmm. a tiny, un, you know, unfantastic program in Boston is the only one that would take her in, even though she was a top student. Um, and uh, she graduated as the chief resident and then came out and could not get a job. Not a single surgical practice would hire her in Boston because she was a woman. So she started her own practice, and she said it was surgery, but I started to see a lot of breast cancer patients because, like, I had breasts, and they had breasts. <laughs> and, like, I understood that it wasn't like, let's just lop off the breasts and then figure out what to do. Yes, and so right. her reputation grew, and she started to steal patients from male doctors who weren't so sure about that. So she just she's so funny, and she's so straightforward. It was about that time. She said, you know, my mother always wanted me to marry a doctor. We're Irish Catholic. She wanted me to marry a doctor, not be a doctor. And then I did marry a doctor, but the doctor was a woman. So that's different. (laughs) But she just gave a wonderful lesson about, you know, I came out really early in my career. And I'm just glad because it must be exhausting to try to hide any kind of truth like that. And her, her advice to the women was no matter what it is, just... Just be in the workplace the same person you are at home. Yes. Because that is hard to pull off, but that is good she advice. She is one of those people that, like, what you see is what you get. You yeah. Know, she's a real dynamo, and she has that confidence in in who she is and is not afraid of anyone's judgment. Right. And, and, and when she just said it must just be exhausting to live a double life, like, a lot of women in business live double lives mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You pretend you don't have children. Right. You pretend, you know, oh, oh, no, no, those things at home, I don't, you know, or this I never or think about any of that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought that was just, like, really simple, simple, straightforward advice. In her case, it was very specific, but I think it was act applicable. And then she did go to UCLA. She ran like a medical center there, a cancer research center mm-hmm. after five years. But then she was honest. She goes, we just, people didn't really like me that much. I, I was too much. So that's when she decided to go to business school. She realized, she goes, I just, I don't know. It was just wasn't a win for me. So she went to business school and then she started the Dr. Susan Love Foundation to focus on breast cancer research. She said, what I am good at is getting money, getting people, lining up scientists, lining up researchers. So then she was diagnosed with cancer and it completely turned her, you know, her view of the cancer experience inside out. So this is what I want to tell the Satellite Sisterhood about something she's been working on for the last three or four years is getting women into scientific research studies. Mm -hmm. She said one of the big issues with cancer research, particularly breast cancer research, is that it's done on rats and mice who have no breasts and never get breast cancer. So we have a lot of results that are really going to work if you're a mice, a, a mouse, mouse. <laughs> that is artificially given breast cancer. But we oh. need more women in these clinical trials. And so when she was talking to a researcher, they're like, yeah, where are we going to find women, though? She said, you know, the guys in the labs, like, they haven't left the lab in 20 years. <laughs> they don't know where to find women. But she said, I felt like I could really help with women. Like, literally, she went to JPL. She was working on a thing. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, you don't know any women. The scientists <laughs> at the Jet Propulsion Lab. Yeah, so, that says a lot. So this is what she started. The Dr. Susan's Love, Dr. Susan Love's Army of Women. So if you want to get involved, 
She, they put out tons of research information. Like is this any kind of study? Any kind of study. I mean, they're focused on breast cancer, but mm-hmm. you don't have to have had breast cancer to be part of a clinical trial. Mm-hmm. So it's not any kind of study, but they'll take people who haven't had breast cancer. You can be a participant if you have had breast cancer. You need to go to this mm-hmm. website, yeah. but you don't have to have had breast cancer to participate in these breast cancer research studies. That's what she's doing. And it's armyofwomen.org. Army I love of, that, Leanne. I love great. that title. We'll right. put that all the in. Sense the, of it. Yeah. yeah. It's we all, will put a link to that in our show notes, which yeah. is you always just tap it on, tap the, our logo on your phone and you get our show notes. Yeah. So you can register there and then they send out periodic emails and it'll just list like all 10 studies they're recruiting for. And if it doesn't work for you, send it to your sister. It doesn't the person yeah. forward the email on? She said they've now recruited thousands and thousands of women to be in these clinical trials. And that's really important for women's health care going forward forward to get more women in clinical trials. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a there's tons of other great speakers and it was just a great day there at Anderson, Julie. But I thought of you because good. you good. did it, Julie. Yes. You're you're really responsible for her career. <laughs> I, I, think. I am responsible. I could have like shut her down. I could have turned her away, Lynn, but yeah. I saw her potential. <laughs> yeah. She told one really interesting story about um, you know, she came out very early against HRT, hormone replacement yes, therapy. She did. And yes, it was she did. That was very controversial. And I recall that she now. used to wear a big button around uh, around campus that said, you know, like, you know, um, unleash the uh, the power of hot flashes. Hot <laughs> flashes are good for you, you know, like really it's good to be hot. She had buttons all over. So she'd wear those every. <laughs> Every Probably day. not a lot of the other students at UCLA <laughs> were, you know, wearing those. Pro hot flash. <laughs> um, so she she said, you know, so I was she was at UCLA leading that research, leading that lab or whatever it was. And um, Malcolm Gladwell, who wasn't famous yet, but was still writing for the was a junior reporter at the New Yorker, came out and did a story on her. And the headline of the story was about her resistance to HRT was why Dr. Susan Love is wrong. Oh, wow. And she said it tanked her career. Like, wow. she said it was just, and then two years later, the definitive study came out questioning hormone replacement therapy. Uh, and he did not write an apology to her. And so one of, during the Q&A, a young woman got up and she's like, I have, I'm have. i on Twitter right now. We could all tweet him. Do you want us to get Malcolm Gladwell back for you, Dr. Susan Love? And she's like, no, I'm over it. I'm old now. You know, Let's but it's focus our energy elsewhere. She said it's just, a, you know, just something to remember. Yeah. Just like right. people are out there to tear you down. And you just got to be who you are and believe what you are and have the facts to back it up. So it was a great she's day. She's noisy. She's yes, noisy. She Dr. Is, Susan right. Love is noisy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's super hard to talk to the general public about medical issues and research and study results you know it's a difficult thing to get it reported out fairly and completely so good for her for just trying like the best way she knows how uh, to get results that are more meaningful for us yeah okay that's what she figured out so good job Dr. Susan Love armyofwomen.org all right we're going to take a break we want to thank a new sponsor and then when we get back we have a good pitch bad pitch Uh and and Liz huge dog news so stay with us Satellite Sisters. Okay, we are back. And uh, yeah, we're going to do a little thing here called Good Pitch, Bad Pitch. As Leanne explained at the top of the show, our email box is full every day with very well-meaning efforts from all kinds of publicists and people pitching us story ideas for our Satellite Sisters podcast. And sometimes you can tell they've thought a lot about like what our show is and what would work. And other times... Let's just say not so much. And so the game is called Good Pitch, Bad Pitch, but we're going to start with the bad pitch, okay? <laughs> just because it's I... It's so bad. This made me laugh out loud. And so I say most things I just like... I delete hundreds at a time, but this one I saved uh, for two reasons, which will become clear. First of all, uh, it's addressed to you, Julie. This is a pitch oh, that is. came okay, specifically well, to you. Well, I'm the oldest sister, so sometimes... That, you know, I I get mail. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just going to, as I read you this, just think, have they ever met me? Was this really targeted at me per se? Because I read this and I thought, oh, my God, if Julie ever talked about this, I would die. So, Julie, a recent report shows that by 2050, sex with robots will be more common (laughs) than human lovemaking. 
If that's not troublesome enough, findings also show that one in four men would currently consider it. So what they're pitching here is they have an intimacy expert and sex therapist who is available to discuss the pitfalls and implications of robotic love, (laughs) whether or not it can be as fulfilling as intimacy with another human being. And how technology will continue to impact all facets of modern love as we know it. So um, they have an expert standing by, Julie, because they just knew that r- robotic, lo- robotic love was right up your alley. So what are you thinking? Good pitch or bad pitch? <laughs> oh, that's a good pitch. That's a good pitch. Perfect time for Valentine's Day, Liz. I guess that's okay. what they were thinking. I've been kind of stumped what I was going to get my husband for Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's and a robot. That's what he needs. The three of us. You know, I got to say, uh, having been a publicist early in my career, I know how hard this is to do. You are trying to think up some kind of story angle that somebody has never been pitched before. But then you do have to try to match it up with who the hosts actually are and what they really talk about. So robotic love coming up on the next (laughs) satellite sisters. Okay. So that was a pitch that we thought maybe they don't really know what, what we are all about. Yeah. But Leah, that pitch would have been great for Sheila, (laughs) you know, but not Julie. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And then the good pitch, good pitch. I saw this. I'm on it. Clicked on it. I was like, send me the assets. Uh, Do you know what today is Liz? February 13th. It's what? National Tortellini Day. Oh, Julie, did you yes. know that? <laughs> National Tortellini Day. I didn't. Okay. So th- what I love is that, again, these hardworking publicists, uh, this this is a survey. And what the publicist calls it is a definitive tortellini survey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there's been a lot of conflicting research on to- tortellini. Yes, yes. Some pretty yes. shoddy work in this area of <laughs> yes, research, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so this comes to us from the people that make no surprise tortellini. <laughs> um, three, Bi- three Bridges is the name of the company. I gotta say, the tortellini looks pretty good. But um, I don't know if this surprises you or not, but less than 1% of Americans hate tortellini. <laughs> I would say 99% of Americans love tortellini. (laughs) Like, that's, come on, it's National Tortellini Day. Let's celebrate tortellini. How about this? 35% of Americans think tortellini is fancier than normal pasta. I think that's true. I think I think that. It just seems. It takes it up a notch. Yeah. It's. It's an, you know, it's no mac and cheese, Liam. Yeah. Okay. Well, Julie, it's funny you mention that because one in 10 Americans have made their own tortellini, which seems impossible to believe. Wow. That they that does. I'm out. I'm going back to the robot with sex. Yeah. Okay. No. I've made ravioli, but I've never made tortellini. Really? I uh, shocked you're me. shocked. I know. I know. Yes. Okay, but I, I, I might not get beyond that point. Like, <laughs> I think it was some kind you of dare. I just dare. have to stop the show. Liz <laughs> made ravioli. Okay. Okay, but this, this is really where it becomes the definitive tortellini survey because yeah. they break down what your favorite tortellini fillings are. Just take a guess. What what is the common denominator in everyone's favorite tortellini filling? Cheese, bam. Yes. Yes. 99% of Americans love cheese. Cheese, too. So that's that's it. So, yeah, it's cheese, triple cheese, chicken and cheese, spinach and cheese, (laughs) and then Italian sausage, which you would probably put cheese on on top. So that's it. This is exciting because Monica mentioned a tortellini recipe the other day, and I haven't on the show, and she was on. I haven't been able to stop thinking about tortellini. So we posted a good (laughs) – so this really just hit me. I haven't stopped thinking. About that robot. Okay. <laughs> so celebrate National Tortellini Day. We posted a good recipe at SatelliteSisters.com from the, the yes. good folks at Three Bridges Tortellini. It's like a turkey and tortellini salad. It'll be it's unexpected. It's <laughs> an unexpected tor- way to celebrate National Tortellini Day. The whole thing is very unexpected. It is. It is. Less than 1% of Americans hate, hate tortellini. That's 100% believable. Yes. <laughs> okay, uh, moving on. I guess it's time for my big announcement. This is it, uh, sisters. Uh, as many of you may recall, last January, my beloved terrier, Ferris, um, 
I know I'm supposed to say cross, cross the rainbow, rainbow bridge, bridge but, but I'm just really I had trouble adopting yeah. that as a phrase. He died, yeah. okay, and uh, he moved on, and so and Ferris was the first dog, the only dog I've ever had, and I discovered. The joy of dogs, yeah. they, like having a dog, just adds just a lot of quality to your life, or it added a lot to my life. So I loved Ferris. I took good care of Ferris. I miss Ferris, but I wasn't quite ready to have another dog in my life until now. When I got back from, you know, our vacation in Australia, Julie, I was just thinking uh-huh. like, okay, I'm home now for the rest of my life. Um, what I think it's time. She's she's used up all her frequent flyers. Yeah, it's done. She's not going anywhere. She's going to be home. So I started going to my favorite website, which is, of course, PetFinder.com. And at PetFinder.com, you can just put in, you know, like the various, what sorts of breeds do you like? What size do you like? And it's all rescue dogs from around your region or really anywhere in the country. So every night I would just sort of be you know, sifting around through PetFinder.com, you want to find that dog that really jumps out to you on the page, right? And uh, so about 10 days ago, uh, Leon, I think I even emailed you at the time. Yeah. A picture of this guy, Hoover, Julie. (laughs) I saw the picture of Hoover, Liz. Okay. Mr. H is in the house, huh? (laughs) So, and I am a terrier person. So, but I'm open to all kinds of terriers. Yeah, you were kind of thinking Westie. Yes. You said, how about a Westie? You so. know, I I applied to a Westie rescue organization. Yeah. And no judgment here on all you purebred people, but I never even got a response from them. There was no, okay, we'll put you on the list. There was no, there was no nothing. And I think it's because a lot of the rescue organizations, and I understand why they do this, so... Uh, these rescue people are so awesome. They're a breed alone. They are a breed. breed. They are (laughs) a unique breed. breed. Um, I think it's because they disqualify anyone that doesn't have a yard or some rescue organizations do. And, you know, I live in a two-bedroom condo in Santa Monica. I do not have a yard, but I live in a lovely dog-friendly neighborhood and, you know, and I enjoy walking my dog. And beautiful weather in Santa Monica. So there's no problem walking your dog. So anyway, so Hoover... They know he's a Scottish Terrier. Okay. But they really kind of don't know what else he is. So I'm just going to call him Sketchy Scotty. That's, (laughs) I think. (laughs) The breed. That's the breed. I think that's what the breed is. Sketchy (laughs) Scotty. Because, you know, the Scotty is for sure. Uh, and, but the rest, he's got kind of a long body and short legs. So Uh there's a debate. Is that? Lhasa Apso is that uh, dachshund is it could be it could be anything and the thing is I don't care I like the fact that he's kind of an oddball sketchy he's sketchy. sketchy yeah he's sketchy I think that like so you've met Hoover okay you've so, you've spent so, some time yeah so I went on Sunday because uh, they just have the once a week dog fairs it's not like you can turn up at the shelter first here was more of the description that they had uh, on uh, petfinder.com it said. Unique only begins to describe this wonderful dog, but we are fairly certain that he is one of a kind. That's what I mean. Super sketchy. What his background is. Uh, anyway, he was brought into the shelter, uh, with such, in such an utter state of neglect that oh. his gorgeous thick coat was one solid, dirty, unkempt mass. So they had to like shave all of his body hair completely off. So that's why he looks super sketchy in the photo as a result. Cause it looks like he has a giant head. Yeah. Cause they didn't shave his head right. and a super skinny body. But it's because his uh, coat, which they assure me in the copy, the, uh, when his coat grows back, the color and shiny beauty of it will really surprise you. So yes, it will be a surprise because I have no idea <laughs> what he's really going to look like. But most importantly, he's super upbeat, fun, loving, and affectionate. So upbeat a, is a good oh, word nice. for a dog. Yes. Yeah. yeah, upbeat. And he simply wants to be loved <laughs> and cared so for. 
His soulful brown eyes will look straight into your heart, and we know you will be smitten. And I was. So, Julie, I went down there on Sunday. I met him, took him for a walk. It was a super busy uh, dog adoption fair, though. And so it everything was, in L.A. is competitive. It was just competitive. Real estate, acting, yeah. adoption. My God. Yeah. So yeah. you had to meet the dog first and then fill in your application and then talk to one of the uh, the pet rescue ladies who are all just amazingly committed to this cause. Uh, but I could see I had I had competition, so I tried to be like super nice and warm and just just I I, I tried to really win them over in the um, in the interview portion of the selection process because I knew the lack of a yard could be counted against me. And they said they'll call you within forty eight hours if you have been selected as the match. So didn't get a call Sunday night. Didn't get a call Monday morning. I'm thinking, oh, that really nice family probably caught him. And then you have to stupid say, well, families. The important thing is that <laughs> stupid families. <laughs> they get, they get everything. Were they stink? Were they butter eaters? <laughs> and then you have to think you really just want the best for the dog. So okay, if Hoover was yeah. not my anyway, then she called me. So yes, and but here's what she said, which I thought was funny. She's like, "Well, we Hoover has really he's about two years old, by the way." They said, Hoover's really had a hard life. And we just thought we need to match him with someone who will just be 100% devoted to him, who just has like nothing else going on in their life. (laughs) Okay, they didn't say that, but that's the way it sounded to me as she was saying it. She said, and we just got the feeling talking to you that you would be 100% committed to the happiness and health of your dog. Which I think is true. Yes. Right? Yep. I, I certainly did that for Ferris. Yes. So anyway, so Hoover, which she told me, by the way, not his real name. So if I want to rename it, rename him, I can do that. But I kind of like Hoover. His cute name. I think I might stick with Hoover. Yeah. Anyway, so the moment we're done with the show here today, I'm going home and it's what they call the home check. Which is really, they want to make sure you don't have some... Oh, that's, oh, that's tense. Liz. Yes, yeah, that's, I know. But they yeah. just want to make sure you don't have a bunch of other pets you are mistreating, you know? Okay. The, I think yeah. that's really what they're looking for. It's just to get a little bit of a vibe. Are you one of those people who burns through a lot of dogs? And she did say to me on the phone, she said, when I pulled Hoover out of the shelter... She said, I was so mad. He was in such terrible condition that I just thought I wanted someone to put me alone in a room with the people who had treated him like this. I said, a little pet rescue vigilante justice. She's like, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes I just can't stand it if I think too much about what went on to get this dog in this condition. But he was with a family. He wasn't like living on the street. Like my son's dog, uh, you know, Lily, she she lived on the street. She never had a family before. Hoover had a family. They don't know. They just found him. They just found him in a shelter, Julie. So, like, but he's two years old. He must have at some point had a family. But she said he didn't even recognize dog food when I put it down in front of him. So who knows? Maybe he was a street dog. I don't know. Oh, wow. Like, it's weird to see a Scotty street dog. You are to be a wonderful teacher. I mean, you can teach him all the right things. Yes. And uh, he'll enjoy that. So we'll see. So I have, so the dog beds are out. She asked me on the phone call yesterday, like, well, what is your brand of choice for dog food? And I couldn't, I couldn't remember. So then I realized I had. Oh, that's a, a that's a hard question. Wow. Yeah. So I had a couple of cans of leftover dog food from Ferris that I had in the shelf, and I said, "Oh, oh, yeah, a can a day. That's what I've been using. I, I have a can right here." And she's like, uh, "What's the expiration date on that can?" And again, you just want to say you love these people. They are insanely devoted yeah. to making sure these dogs who have had a hard time, their next move is going to make them happy and be, as they say, their forever home. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a complete report, more details in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, and a complete report next week on week one with Hoover. With Hoover. So, you wow, know, anyone, you want to send me a bark box or anything? I'll get, get back on that. <laughs> get that get I think it would look really nice, particularly because you're getting him, you know, close to uh, Galentine's Day. Nice red co- collar, yeah. Liz, oh, would look good with yes. this gray fur. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, just I didn't a, mention that. Just a style he's, note for, he's, for you and Hoover. He's like a smoky gray, dark gray color, yeah. uh, which yeah. they said is part of his, what makes unique. him so unique. <laughs> unique. He's unique. He's just, and I made a, a comment to her about, I kind of like his oddball look. And she's like, what do you mean oddball? 
And I'm like, oh, forget it. No, he's perfect. He's perfect in every way. I'm sorry. I take that back. So there you go. I would just like the less you say is better with this home visit. Don't offer any information. Mm -hmm. It's like like when you go to the IRS, if you've ever been there, (laughs) just don't provide any additional information. Don't volunteer. They don't ask you for it. Don't tell them. Okay. Okay. Well, hello, Hoover. That's my theme for this week. Fantastic. More More next week. Good, Liz. Great. Great. Great news, Liz. Okay. So here we go. Now we got, we got to wrap this up. Um, I want to remind people we have an event coming up in Santa Monica on March 18th. It's a stay noisy panel. Leanne and I will be doing with women from business and sports about how to speak up and make change when it comes to gender discrimination and being heard in the workplace. So we're working on that now. If you want any details on that, that's on our Facebook page, which is different than the Facebook group, which is the free for all discussion. So the Satellite Sisters Facebook page. Facebook page. Uh, so that's March 18th at the Santa Monica Public Library. That's a Sunday afternoon. So come and bring your next gen. It would be, we would love to have some like high school, college age young women in the audience to hear what us wise old people <laughs> have to say. <laughs> have to say. There you go. All right. We'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to Harry's for always supporting us. You can go to harrys.com forward slash sisters for your special offer. Thanks to care.com forward slash sister. Hey, you might be in the in the, you oh, might yeah. need, dog you sitter might, I could use care.com for yeah, that I care. would, don't mention don't mention a dog sitter in the interview list <laughs> okay oh okay. you're right Julie you're right <laughs> I will never leave this dog side okay that's the right answer. Yeah. And our new sponsor, Brooklinen. Thanks, Brooklinen. You can go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code SISTERS for the special offer there. We'd like to thank our host at the One Re Sunset Studios and our engineer, Sergio Enrique. Thank you so much. Anything else going on this week besides no, just Olympic more Olympics? Yeah. And, uh, that, and happy Valentine's Day. Happy Mardi Gras. Oh. Day happy happy Valentine's Day Tortellini and, Day and National Tortellini, Tortellini Day, Julie. <laughs> I'm good. I'm hungry for something. I know, else. right? <laughs> yeah, you want it now. All right, Liz. Good luck with Hoover. Thanks. That's it's so exciting. It's very have, exciting. To Steffi as a cousin. It's very yes. exciting for her. Oh, I didn't even get to the story about how to make your dog an Instagram star. The we ran out of time, but next week. Next week. Not that I'm going to exploit Hoover in that way. Don't, but don't mention that in the interview. Either, <laughs> <Yeah. Liz. Okay. laughs> All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 